0: Welcome to the American
1: Nomad Podcast, hosted by the legend himself, or as I refer to him, the legend in his own mind, Rav Hawley. Welcome everyone to the American Nomad Podcast. This is the Libertarian Hour. I am your host, Rav Uh, Hawley. We talk about everything on this show from current events to politics to uh, people living vehicle dwelling and living the van life and trying to live minimalistically and off-grid and uh out from under the thumb of uncle sam and uh the government and uh especially the government on the left these days anyway thanks for joining me let's jump in the chat here Looks like we got a nine comments already okay just got in the chat we got see we got the room today we have random nomad what's going on brother you guys hear me okay today uh matilda hey good to see you matilda uh so good to see you guys anyway uh, yeah it's been pretty interesting uh, been an interesting week um, there's been a uh, hey Chevy life what's going on my buddy Travis we are the resistance the real resistance not the uh, bullshit resistance that uh the left pretended to be for the last four years they're gonna understand what resistance really is. <laughs> Uh, In the next five years or so, maybe indefinitely, we'll see. Uh, Flashbacks of Ireland's resistance comes to mind. I just want to say that, uh, you know, uh, I don't think we got anybody, anyone here from my Instagram. I've been uh, posting some pretty provocative Instagram stories for the last couple of days. I don't know if uh, anybody else has seen them. The IRA, there you go, random dude, random nomad. You are a freaking encyclopedia, yeah. Uh, hey Eve, Brooklyn Bulldog, what's going on? So uh, I've been posting some pretty, product, pretty provocative uh, Instagram stories the last couple of days, and uh, I just want to say, you know, when it comes to Trump, uh, I'm gonna get, first. I want to say, uh, get this out of the way: is I absolutely knew. That uh, in in my heart of hearts I knew uh, after the election in 2016 that Democrats were going to do whatever they had to do to be able to pull off this election and uh, steal it and uh, or manipulate it. I'm going to say steal it, manipulate it. And uh, sure enough, I you know I always had hope that they couldn't, that there wouldn't be anything that they could do. Uh, But I had a feeling, you know, that they would pull out all stops. And, of course, they did. And we saw it. Uh, So, I, and with that being said, I want to say, even though that happened, I wasn't mad about it. I was disappointed, of course, that, uh, you know, the whole voting process got jacked up with all of these damn mail-in ballots that they knew, you know, uh, they knew. You know, they knew with these mail-in ballots that they could manipulate them however they needed to, to make things, uh, you know, lean their direction, which is what they did. We knew we we knew it was going to happen. Trump was saying it was going to happen months before it even happened. You know, he predicted it. We all knew it. But I still wasn't mad because I had expected it. Uh, you know, that was, you know, it was writing uh, on the wall for us. Let me tell you what made me mad was... Uh, you know uh, this whole uh, conservative purge off social media. Uh, I don't know if you've heard. They even deleted. Uh, they deleted the uh, walkaway movement, which was nothing but uh, videos of former liberals and former uh, Democrats that were giving uh, testimonial videos on YouTube about why they walked away from the Democrat Party. They deleted that entire page from Facebook, which was two or three hundred thousand members. Uh, the one that set me off though, was when they, uh, I don't, so I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a libertarian. I mean, this is the libertarian hour. I forget. Did I announce that? I think I missed it today. Yeah. This is the libertarian hour. Uh, and I am a libertarian. I'm a longtime libertarian. I even have a personal written mess note. I don't know where it's at. If I ever find it, I'll show it to you guys. Uh, by Rand Paul, who is Ron Paul's son, which is funny because I'm not a huge Rand Paul fan. I am a fan of his father's, though, but uh, for some reason, I was back in the day when his dad was uh, running for president, I was really uh, on that bandwagon, just like the Burners were for Bernie, kind of. And uh, I ended up at the very last. Uh, fallen off cuz i knew you know that that uh, Ron there was no way they were going to let him there was no way they were going to let him get the nomination so uh you know when that happened i voted uh unfortunately i mean it's it's almost embarrassing to say it i voted for obama in 2008 cuz i didn't like uh, Mitt Romney i still can't stand Mitt Romney as a matter of fact i hate the guy uh, but i hate obama now more so it is what actually I d they're them two are pretty much uh, neck and neck. Uh I wouldn't piss on either either one of them if they're on fire. I might do a little happy dance while I watched them burn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh I don't I don't care for either one of them. And uh but I was a big I was big time on Ron Paul's uh so you know I've been a long time libertarian. Uh, and uh Facebook locked Ron Paul He's just this little sweet old man that all he talks about is, uh, you know, auditing the Fed and making government smaller and, you know, uh, checking the government and keeping the government in check. He was against the war in Syria when uh, Obama wanted to go in and start bombing Syria. Ron Paul, uh, adamantly came out against it. Uh, I even posted a link to a video where he was, uh, you know, pleading his case on the floor. And, um, uh, on the senate floor so you know it, it just it boggles my mind that they throw ron paul off of facebook a him came out of his facebook account so this uh you know this goes stems deeper it stems deeper than uh what you see on the surface uh because people that win they don't have to censor people if they really win you don't have to censor people you know what I'm saying? You don't have to, you know, you don't have to go out of your way to uh, make sure that the people aren't talking if you really are confident in, that you won. But if you've uh, been kind of shady in what you're doing, then you start censoring people and you start trying to uh, hide the, you know, hide the loot. You know what I mean? If you robbed the bank, uh, you got to hide the loot, and uh, that's exactly what they're doing. They're making themselves look even more guilty. Uh, is exactly what they're doing. Uh you know, oh and that's the other thing, Thank you random nomad. Uh so it was the Ron Paul thing uh really pissed me off and then the other thing that really pissed me off is that they went after parlor. Uh I mean cuz there was a bunch of liberals on parlor talking shit and you know uh on parlor talking shit and you know uh you know, you know just being liberals. Uh, You know, trying to uh, rile up conservatives, which is what they do. Uh, So they literally go after Twitter, uh, or they are sorry, they Apple uh, pulls Parler from their app store. First, Google did it, and then Apple did it. Um, So it, you know, they're doing whatever they can to shut down any source that conservatives have to be able to communicate with each other. The funny thing is they uh, they they went after – first they went after Gab. If you don't know this, they went after Gab, I don't know, like a year or two ago because as soon as Gab started up as a free – you know, their advertisement's a free speech platform because you have all these – and that, that they won't steal your data. You know, that's how evil the left is, you know. They want to force you to use their platforms, but they're gonna steal your data. They're gonna steal your data and sell it. Uh you know what I'm saying? They're they're just scum bags, scum of the earth. You know what I mean? They're they're just uh you know, they're And then the funny, here's the best, the irony, even more irony right here. And then if you go to Netflix, I don't know if it's still on there, but there is a damn documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. Look it up and watch it. Look it up and watch it because these motherfuckers... Listen to me. These motherfuckers come out on Netflix in this documentary and they talk about how evil they are with the bullshit that they're doing. And it's the people that created Facebook and it's the people that created Twitter and created the created all the social media. It's it's former liberals that worked on these platforms and they've made a documentary talking about how fucking evil they are. That's how evil liberal the liberal left is their whole machine. Just like uh, all of this bullshit with the Me Too movement. All these motherfuckers are goddamn liberals. Harvey Weinstein, huge Clinton donator. Big fucking liberal. Big Hollywood motherfucking guru. Harvey fucking Weinstein. He's not conservative. He's not in the trunk camp. No, 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 no. He's a fucking liberal, mecha-liberal motherfucker. Uh, who else we got? uh, uh Jeffrey Epstein, or uh, did kill himself? Yeah, all of the there's none of them are on the on the right. They're all liberal. Uh, let's go back and let's look at Roman Polanski, child rapist, Roman Polanski. Just a few years ago, the liberal left here in Hollywood were standing up giving him uh, giving him ovations uh, for a an award that he won. But he couldn't be here to accept because he's wanted for being a for being a child molester for molesting it for not molesting for raping a 13 year old little girl. And he was convicted of it, and he fled the United States. Do we go after him? Nope. He's over there in uh, Paris or in France, you know, where he's from. Uh, Just living his life, has been living his life for the last, what, 35, 40 years, 45 years since he raped that 13-year-old little girl? Uh, Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, and... You know, I've never cussed really on this show. Uh, I've ever now and then something, you know, like shit will slip, but I don't really care tonight uh, for the simple fact is YouTube has been demonetizing all my videos anyway or playing limited ads, uh, hitting my, uh, knocking my green, uh, dollar sign off into a yellow one which means they you know barely give you any ads you don't hardly make any money so uh i can just talk i don't have to worry about the bullshit anymore i can just uh, say whatever the fuck i want to say and uh right now i mean i'm not mad i'm actually uh kind of giddy because uh these leftists don't understand how precarious their situation is uh, right now, uh, they just don't get it. Uh, and that's what I've been, you know, I was subliminally trying to put out there th- to them in my Facebook, uh, or I mean, my Instagram stories. Oh, and I forgot to say, so uh, I, I'm also thrown off Facebook again myself. Uh, I was banned for 30 days and then they unbanned me for about, I don't know, I was probably unbanned for eight hours, maybe. Did I make it eight hours? maybe eight hours, I don't think so, yeah, I think maybe eight hours, maybe a day, I can't remember, it wasn't very long, I mean, because I didn't use Facebook after I got unbanned. I did the show here, and streamed it to Facebook Live, and then, uh, that was it, and then I got on Facebook at one time, and as soon as I get on Facebook, I see the bullshit liberal media, uh, fucking goddamn LA Times, or some bullshit, talking about, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, can't remember it was something about him uh how he was you know how evil you know the 17 year old child that was being chased by fucking child molesting leftist fucking anarchist motherfuckers uh chasing a 17 year old kid luckily the 17 year old kid was not unarmed and took care of himself which is exactly why we have uh you know we bear arms uh but anyway uh There was a post on there by, uh, I think it was the L.A. Times or one of these fucking liberal rags. And uh, it was talking about, you know, uh, how evil Rittenhouse was or something like that, you know. And uh, I'm looking at all these fucking L.A. uh, leftist loonies uh, on there underneath it going, oh, they need to give him the death penalty. They need to do this. They need to do that. And so I said, what are you talking about? That boy is a goddamn American hero. He uh he planted those mother those child molested motherfuckers and they'll never molest another kid and will they'll never it's been a great fucking, this year's been a great year because you don't have to worry about those guys uh, ever molesting anybody else because Kyle Redhouse took care of them and that got me thrown off Facebook for another thirty days which I don't even I don't even care uh, Matilda says last Wednesday was the Capitol protest this Wednesday was the impeachment vote next Wednesday is the inauguration that will happen on the what will happen on the next Wednesday. I hope somebody lands a 747 right on a uh, Joe by a pedo Joe's head. Uh, that would make me uh, giddy inside. <clears throat> yeah. But anyway, so <clears throat> I have, uh you know, I have people that I know that are in the military. Uh, I actually have. I mean, you probably don't realize this because I don't uh, don't have that many people that watch my show, but I'll usually get a hundred to two hundred, sometimes more views on my Instagram stories. And I have everything from former UFC fighters uh, to celebrities to LAPD officers to uh, active military and former military that actually watch my uh, that actually watch my stories. And I guess they talk between each other. And so uh, even this morning I had, uh, you know, I had military, uh, some military guys, former military guys reaching out to me, talking about my story and thanking me, actually. Uh, Like one of them basically said that, uh, hey, man, we're uh, glad uh, you're saying what you're saying because it needs to be said. And the thing about it is, is uh, the left is trying to silence every voice that's uh, that's uh, that has discontent for them. So They're trying to silence that, and they—they uh, they never will, because uh, uh, sooner or later, uh, people are—people uh, on the right are going to be completely fed up with it. Uh, Random Nomad says twentieth is going to be turning point, interesting one. Chevy Life says watch the false flag that they're about to pull again. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, it's all NWO bullshit. You know, that's why uh, Trump was hated so much by these, uh, you know, these imperialist, elitist imperialist up there in Washington. These career politicians like Biden that's been up there for 50 years, Nancy Pelosi, Biden, you name it. They've been in there for years and years. And that's why you have them in there because they're all, uh, you know, John Kerry, you uh, gosh, you know, Mitt Romney, they're all, uh, you know, I posted that they're the birds of a feather flock together. They're all one in the same. They play, they make this there or they play this charade. Like they're, uh, you know, they're so against each other when they're actually not the majority of them. They're actually not, they're all in cahoots with each other. It's like old WWE wrestling or WWF wrestling. You know what I mean? They come out and pretend that they really hate each other, you know, but when it comes down to it, they, they don't random nomad says impeach nancy pelosi oh man i'd like to see her drug out in cuffs so there's a there's a lot of um a lot of conspiracy talk out there on the right and uh i've seen it all believe me uh, it's nothing uh, it's nothing i haven't seen a lot of the q anon stuff i have a bunch of friends in texas that are huge into the q movement and uh you know they're they're super super uh religious and very christian and they have this uh they have this uh, belief that there's uh this cabal or this whole thing that's that's happening behind the scenes right now i don't i'm not going to put any faith in that what i will say though is a friend uh one of the guys that that i talked to uh actually has people in the military in texas And they added some validity to this, but I don't know where it's going to go. And I don't even know if it's true. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Did anybody see Trump's speech? Uh, Trump actually did a speech from the White House Twitter account, I guess. It was actually on Twitter. Has anybody seen that? And uh, it was pretty funny because uh, uh, in, in career, politicians set term limits just like the presidency. I agree with that completely. Um, it was kind of crazy, uh, cause Trump did a, um, he did a, uh, like a, an address to the nation, which, uh, it was the best address to the nation he's ever done. It was like the, he was the smoothest and the, I don't know, it was weird. Uh, cause I mean, he was, you know, the left is always accusing him of not being presidential, but he was very presidential in this, uh this address to the nation but he was just basically saying that he wanted everybody to come together he was just it wasn't trump so you know they're probably strong arming him i'm sure they're in his ear telling them you know like if you don't go out there and if you don't uh you know apologize and you know run you know back everything or run everything back we're gonna ruin your business we're gonna ruin everything we're gonna ruin you for the rest of your life and so i'm sure you know they've uh they've they've been at him uh, Joe Eldorado, got some pop, get some popcorn and kick up your feet and watch the show this Sunday and next Sunday was going to, yes. Yeah. I'm hoping so, man. Um, just for the simple fact is, uh, after this whole conservative purge thing, don't, uh, Hey, Hey Seuss, good to see you, brother. After this whole purge thing and throwing conservatives off social media, um, It's really made me not want to live in the same country as them, as any of them. Uh, It's basically a them and it's a them against us and us against them. And uh, it was funny because actual liberal guy that I know, uh, he's more of a acquaintance because he's a really he's a best friend of one of my old best friends, uh, Corey Molina, that helped me uh, that helped me uh, do uh, the the music video for Olivia Newton John and John Travolta. He hit me up on uh, Instagram yesterday and called me a sick fuck. And so I kind of gave it back to him. And uh, then he said, you know, he he said that he goes, uh, there will not be no civil war. He goes, uh, he goes, I'll laugh at you in five years when nothing's happened. He goes, everybody's too soft. People are too soft these days. Nobody's going to uh, do anything. Everybody's too soft. And I was just laughing to myself and thinking, boy, you don't know what you're talking about. You're too soft. You've never done anything. Motherfucker, I've killed everything on the planet except a person, just about. I've killed dogs. I've shot dogs. I've shot cats. I've shot deer. I've shot elk. I've shot cattle. I've shot horses. I've shot damn near everything that lives, breathes, and walks at some time or another. The only thing I ain't ever put a bullet in is a human at this point, but there's a first time for everything. And I know that sounds pretty malicious, and when I say that, I was raised on a ranch, and when an animal gets injured or an animal gets too old, they can't get up like horses. Your horses in the wintertime can, you know, when they get up there in their 20s can get so old they can't get up, and you got to go put them down. It's uh it's not a fun thing to do, but you do it. So uh, yeah. I'm not some I'm not some LA softy like he is. Uh and then I also hunt for fun. I mean when it comes to deer and stuff, I was putting that stuff down to eat it. Uh Jesus says, typical lefty Hollywood actors. Yes, sir. Random nomad says I doubt it in five years. Uh, I'll be off grid. I'm ho- hopefully we all will. There's a meme. It's funny because there's a meme that I posted uh, on Instagram, uh, probably about a week or two ago, and it's like uh, Patrick Swayze and all the kids that were on Red Dawn. Did any of you guys ever see Red Dawn the movie? Uh, it was basically back. Uh, it was back when I was a, actually a kid. I was back probably when I was a teenager. I was maybe. 13 when that movie came out maybe even younger now it's probably 13 or 14 because i think it came out like 84 to 86 somewhere in there and uh, back in those days if you're not that old uh we were actually very worried about being invaded by russia that was a that was an actual legitimate fear uh that we were going to go to war with russia so we actually used to do uh in school in uh, in elementary school we would do like drills like bomb drills where you got under your desk or sometimes you'd go out in the hallway and and tuck your head we'd do tornado drills so i may be getting those mixed up but uh, we did drills uh just in case there was an invasion from the, from the from the Soviet Union at the time so uh god my mind just watch i read uh, i saw uh Chevy Life, I saw Trav Chevy Life's comment there, and I got sidetracked. Watch the National Guard. Let's see what Chevy Life says. Watch the National Guard around the White House. They were ordered to be armed today. Massive generators, fifteen K troops, and fencing all of it for virtual for a virtual inauguration. So, um, Matilda says that Trump address to the nation was his YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Well, they shut his YouTube channel down too, right? That's what I heard. Yeah, they shut it down. They said it wasn't Trump's speech; it was the comments that were objectional. That's BS. Could have disabled comments. Yeah, that's that's you know, it's just the war. It's the left's war on Trump is what it is. Um, that's what I've been calling the liberals out on uh, my Instagram. You know, they're they're black Jesus, black Jesus, they're black Jesus, uh, Mister Obama. They're black. They're liberal. Black Jesus, that piece of shit killed thousands of people all over the world. Thousands of people. I think he bombed maybe six or seven countries. I mean, we can. And he bombed, he bombed Syria into oblivion, causing an international refugee crisis. I mean, if you go back, uh, get on YouTube. You're on YouTube. Well, when this show is over, jump into the search and and search. Syrian refugee crisis and look at nine out of ten of those videos there five years ago what a quink dink as soon as that piece of shit was out of office Obama as soon as black Jesus that piece of shit was out of office Syrians weren't running for their lives anymore Syrians weren't pouring into all these other countries They weren't uh, risking their lives uh, packing a little, you know, packing a little raft with fucking 70 people and having little babies fall off and drown and wash up on the shore. So pictures would be taken of them. Uh, Matt Howard says, speaking of nomads, I wonder how those van life and RV people would be affected living for free on BLM land, right? You know, the thing about being a van lifer, dude, is like, You know, we're in the wind. I'm in the wind. I made some moves the last couple of days. For the, I mean, uh, nobody has said anything, but there was no show Monday. Uh, I was supposed to do a show Monday, and there was no show Monday. I should apologize for that at the start of this show. There was no show Monday because I was making some moves. If I need to be in the wind, I can get in the wind. I don't have a house to worry about. I don't have a house to come back to. I got this little office here that I can literally just pick up and walk away from it. Uh, you know, it is what it is. That's a good point, though, Matt. Random Nomad says, kind of funny how we had no issues with Syria. Any- yeah, that's what I'm saying. The reason we have no I- issues with Syria anymore is because Obama and the NWO, all the New World Order bitches, uh, they all had on the agenda, and, uh, one of, the biggest, uh, one, the, one of the biggest ones in our government is uh, John Bolton, who is a conservative. He's a staunch conservative, but he is a warmongering piece of shit. And if I ever got my hands on him, I'd beat him to death with my bare hands. Because he has been trying to push a war with Iran for the last 10, 15 years. He wants to go to war with Iran. He got into Trump's cabinet. I knew he would. He always weasels his way in, he's always getting his, get, getting in there. You get on YouTube if you've never heard of this piece of shit. Uh, get on YouTube when this show's over and Google him and you'll find, or uh, and search for him and you'll find speeches where he gives speeches uh, telling people why we should go to war with Iran. Uh, all of these NWO, uh, warmongering, they're all the same, all the same. George, W. Uh, George, let's, let's go to George Bush, W's daddy, W's daddy. i I think we've already talked about this for everybody that's in here. If you, if you remember it, if it's, if I'm just being a broken record, let me know. But for those of you, if you don't know, W's daddy, uh, George Bush, uh, George Herbert Bush, I think, um. Uh, he was president after Reagan, and he was vice president while Reagan was, was uh, president. He was vice president. But before that, he was the director of the CIA. When he was president, he ended up sending, I can't remember how many troops, how many thousands of our troops, into Panama uh, to get Manuel Noriega, who was a freaking cocaine kingpin, a drug kingpin, is basically all he was. Uh, but he sent all of these troops in there to get this one man and they kept it all hush-hush quiet what set it off was there was evidently some tourist or something uh i mean it was all propaganda if you look at it now you can go back and look at it and you can see right through it but people back in those days in those in the 80s they didn't all they got was what they heard on the nightly news you know walter cronkite or whoever uh Brokaw or whoever it was, was giving you the evening news. There wasn't really a Fox News and, you know, this entertainment news that we have now. It was just staunch facts. And, uh, you know, it was, and they put it out. I even remember hearing about it. And it was like, uh, uh tonight in Panama, four American uh, terrorists were gunned down and killed on the streets of Panama by Manuel Noriega. The United States government is looking into uh, what actions will be taken and to the next story you know it was that kind of bullshit and lo and behold sure enough within a week or two weeks we were sending troops over there to get Manuel Noriega we ended up sending flying in all of these troops and bombing the shit out of out of Panama and killed an estimated 22,000 people and leveled like Ten to twelve city blocks. There's actually a documentary about this. If you can find it, an older documentary that's great. And I, I, uh, I want all of you to see if you can find it. Uh, Used to it used to be pretty easy to find, but they've suppressed it like everything else that's negative about the United States. Uh, But there was a documentary about the invasion of Panama. Find it and look and watch it if you get a chance. Uh, Because uh, it's pretty eye-opening stuff, but that was George. That was that was W's daddy that did that, and I say the reason he did that was because it was a practice. He wanted a practice run before he started talking about Iraq, and even before Iraq invaded Kuwait, uh, our government was already talking about uh, Saddam Hussein. Now keep in mind when Iraq was at war with Iran for like 12 years because we hated Iran and Iran hated us because we had overthrown their democratic democratically elected government. And then the people of Iran rose up and threw those motherfuckers out and installed the Ayatollah Khomeini who fucking hates our guts. And that's the reason Iran hates our guts to this this day it's because of our shit NWO government. And until we rise up, like the people in Iran and put these motherfuckers down, we're going to be dealing with this shit for the rest of our lives. Uh, and I'm not saying I that I, I'm happy that, you know, Iran, but that's what happens when we're meddling in shit. You know what I mean? When the NWO, our government, is meddling in shit, it always blows up in our face. So they went over there. Uh, our CIA, CIA and W was probably part of this, Uh george bush senior because he was in the he was the director of the cia but i think this was before him this is like 63 i think if i remember right but anyway iran had free and fair elections democratic elections they elected a president that we didn't like uh uh and so we had we over we did a coup uh, our CIA and uh, they went in there and pulled off a coup and overthrew had the people uh, some people overthrow their demo- democratically elected president and we installed a puppet president that we liked that would uh you know bow to us and the people of iran rose up and fucking got rid of his ass he had to he had to fly out and escape to some other country and in the process after the process then they installed this radical tyrannical religious uh, zealot government with the Ayatollah Khomeini and all the shit that they, that they still have to this day we created that you can't be mad at iran I have absolutely no hostility towards Iran. I know why they hate us. And another thing, and the reason you hate Iran is because these fucking assholes in our media have been feeding you all this bullshit for the last 25 years about how evil Iran is. Because they're always chanting death to America and all this other bullshit. Pull up some pictures of what Iran looked like back in 1965. There was women running around in bikinis before they were running around in bikinis in this country. There were women, uh, they, they didn't wear all this religious garments. They didn't have the habib on their head, the women. No, they, they were a very free society. And we went in there and fucked it up because we wanted to instill, what you know, we wanted them to do what we wanted them to do. And uh, it backfired. And now they fucking hate us. And I don't blame them. And here's a funny thing. I ask people this all the time that hate Iran. How, in, in, in what country, what country in the world has the second largest Jewish population? Or I'm sorry, what, what country in the Middle East has the second largest Jewish population? Anybody know? Chevy Life says, I want the truth to come out about nine eleven and JFK. I think people would be shocked. Yeah, but the problem is, is that stuff is too guarded by the NWO. I mean, Trump couldn't even release that. I doubt he even knows. I mean, I'm sure they kept all that kind of stuff from him. Um, anyway, if you don't know, uh, the the second largest Jewish population is in Iran in the Middle East. Uh, the first is, of course, Israel, and then the second largest Jewish population in any country is in fucking Iran. And what do, what do you hear on your news all the time? How much, uh, how much Iran hates Israel, and how Iran wants to, uh, you know, they hate the Jews. Well, they're always chanting death to Israel because because the, the, Iran doesn't like the Zionist Jews or Zionism. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but that's, you know, it's all propaganda. The reason Iran hates us is because they have every reason to hate us. Cause our government went in there fucking around with their stuff. I'd hate them. I'd hate us too. So uh, everything is never, it's never what it seems. And let's see, where are we? We're 36 minutes in. So real quick, uh, since I was going off on Obama, and I know there's people in the room, I'm not going to say any names, but I know there's people in the room that literally hate Obama as much as I do. But I do want to say this. I did vote for Obama in 2008. I wanted Ron Paul, but that was, that was never going to, you know, that was like a Bernie thing. The corrupt left nwl left or uh right was never going to let that happen or the regular republican the nwo republicans I should say was never going to let they were never going to let ron paul get the nomination uh but when obama became when he was out on the when he was out on the the campaign trail you know i was watching him and you know uh, i just felt like he was kind of a sheep in wool's clothes like you know he wasn't you know that he was just saying a bunch he, he just came off as phony to me he just came off too rehearsed uh you know i mean everybody else was just lapping it up and talking about how great he was and you know i'm thinking this motherfucker nobody even knew who he was like three years ago you know what i mean like most politicians that run for president everybody knows who they are for years before they run for president this is just some guy from fucking chicago that came out of left field and all of a sudden he's president he's running for president some freaking young black guy And, you know, that's how the Democrat will works. You know, when they, when they search and search and search and find somebody they can push, uh, that's what they do. So, uh, but, you know, I, I listened to him and, uh, I, I liked his slogan of hope because, you know, he did have his little, that weird poster banner, that blue and kind of. Uh, light blue and you know as I said hope underneath it when red you know I actually kind of thought that was cool at that time and so you know I was like you know you know stop being a dick and you know maybe give this guy a chance because I wasn't voting for I wasn't going to vote for Romney uh, at that time now if I had to do it over I would have voted for Romney even though it wouldn't have made a difference because Obama won by pretty much you know dominated that election which i knew he was going to because he was he became so fucking popular with the left and people on the right a lot of people on the right liked him and i actually leaned even though i was libertarian i leaned more left at that time uh so i ended up voting for him and he did have he did have like this uh energy he did have this honest energy even though i felt like he was talking some bullshit, you know, when he was saying stuff, he seemed to have like this innocent energy, like, you know, like, yeah, we can do this. And actually Clinton had that same energy. Clinton had that same, but you knew, but you could just hear Clinton when he talked that he was just full of shit. You know what I mean? But he did have that same energy. He come out there and, you know, do that old, you know, pandering to the crowd, like we're going to do it. You know, that all, all that crap that politicians do that I can't stand. Makes me want to punch him in the throat. But Obama didn't really do that. Uh, but he did have like this innocent energy. So I thought, you know, maybe this, maybe I should give this guy a try, you know, or give him a chance. At least give him a chance. See what he can, see what he, you know, see if he can keep his promises. See if he tries to keep his promises. Uh, so he, down at the end of his campaign, Uh, It was pretty much everybody knew pretty much knew he was going to win it. I mean, I I knew he was going to win it. Everybody knew he was going to win it. And he still had this uh, excitement about him. That's that's what I was looking for. You know, like kind of like when you buy a new car. You know what I mean? Maybe you're going to buy a new car. You haven't quite seen it yet, but you're getting this new car. You know you're going to get it, uh, kind of thing. Or maybe you won the lottery and you haven't got the lottery yet. You haven't got your winnings, but you're on your. You've got the winning ticket. You're on your way. You just haven't made it there yet. Obama had that kind of excitement about him, and uh, you can look this up if they. You know they they basically they basically have suppressed this. You can't hardly find it anymore. But if you're a good sleuth, you can get out there and find this. And I I recommend all of you do this so one of the obama's last stops i can't remember exactly where it was it might have been miami can't remember exactly where it was but one of his last stops on his campaign trail mind you now keep in mind he was on a he was on a a jet like a you know like a 737 or some jet he was on a big jet airplane and he had a press pull with him a media pool that was following him around and that was supposed to have access to him. Anytime he was in certain areas that he was campaigning, this press pull was his press pull from the Democrat party and they were supposed to have access to him. And so Obama went up on the stage. He does his campaign raw, raw. He comes off of the stage to, you know, to get on the plane. So all of the press is already left this event and already loaded up in the plane so they're already on the plane in the back of the plane so obama's supposed to come back to the plane they're supposed to fly off to go to a next stop or wherever they're supposed to go guess what happened the bitch the wicked witch from the west from arkansas anybody guess who i'm talking about the bitch the one the one and only i could be if i die tomorrow You'll know why I am not. I don't commit suicide. I have no I have no inkling to commit suicide right now. Just let you guys know. But if I'm dead tomorrow, you'll know. And and they say it's ruled this uh, an Epstein. It's ruled it's ruled a suicide. You'll know why. Yes. Hillary Clinton. Shows up at this event after Obama has come off stage and she grabs Obama. She grabs him and they lock the press or they leave the press locked on the plane. Obama's supposed to come off the stage go you know the press is loaded up. Obama's supposed to come off his stage, jump on the plane and they're supposed to fly off and go to their next spot. Obama comes off the stage and Hillary Clinton grabs him while the press is all locked on the plane. Hillary Clinton cl- grabs Obama and know where, you know where she takes him? She whisks him off to the Bilderberg meeting, the Bilderberg group. Now you don't know anything about the Bilderberg group, take notes. You you guys should be taking notes if you don't know anything about this stuff. So, uh, is whether you think Alex Jones is a kook or not, you can go back. I learned all this stuff from William Cooper who wrote, uh, behold the pale horse. So I learned all this stuff from William Cooper. Most people that learned it today learned it from Alex Jones, Alex Jones more or less learned it from Bill Cooper as well. Uh, William Cooper was the original conspiracy guru, and uh, he was the first time I ever heard the word Illuminati uh, was out of his mouth. The first time I ever heard the NWO was out of his mouth. The first time I ever ever heard uh, ever heard of the CFA, uh, CFA or uh, Council on Foreign Relations, the CFL, how's it, uh, and the Bilderberg Group and skull and bones. And I mean, it just, it just keeps going. Uh, the first time I ever heard of all this stuff was, was William Cooper, Bill Cooper, who wrote behold the pale horse. He had a little radio show that used to play in Texas at night. And, uh, I heard of the guy and then heard he had written this book. I heard him on the radio one night. I was up like a really late one night. I had the TV going, had the TV going, uh, and I, and I turned the, I muted the sound on the TV. I was in my office working. and I muted the sound on the TV. The TV was in the living room playing. I was in my office, uh, and, uh, doing some stuff in my home office. And I decided just, I could see the TV, but I turned the volume off and turned the radio on. So I'm listening to the radio because I had a radio receiver in my computer. I don't know if anybody remembers those days. At one time I had a Sony Vio that had a TV in my computer and a radio. Uh, sound blaster card that you bought that had a radio in it so i tuned into it had all of these weird uh these weird radio stations so i'm tuning through there and i happened on uh william cooper uh, listening to his radio show and he's talking about all kinds of shit i'd never even heard of like You know, at that time, he was all into the alien, you know, the alien conspiracy. You know, if you read uh, Beyond the Pale Horse, that's where it kind of lost me. I kind of scoffed my way through that book when I read it back in 95, 94, 95, 96. I'd said 96 the other day, but I think it had to be before that, maybe 95. Uh, But anyway, um, you know, I started started reading it and uh, learning about all of this stuff that I'd never even heard of. And, uh, just to let you know, I still think, uh, Bill Cooper was a little kooky, uh, but a lot of the shit that he came up with, I've watched happen over the years. Uh, now if you read beyond a pale horse, he talks about the upcoming civil war. I mean, he says in the book, he goes, uh, the storm is here. He goes, uh, our forefathers warned us about this many times, and now the storm is here, or something to that effect. I posted it on my Instagram like a uh, couple of days ago. And uh, at that time in the 90s, I mean, people, there were liberals and there were conservatives. That was in the dawn of Rush Limbaugh. I don't even think Rush Limbaugh was on the radio yet. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. I think Limbaugh came around 97, 98, 98. So you didn't have this bitter hatred. You would, every now and then, I would hear my dad say something about them damn Democrats or, you know, something like that. But you didn't have this bitter hatred of each other. You know what I mean? Just uh, my dad would be like, oh, yeah, that old soft lefty down there, you know, damn lefty farmer down there, down the road or something, you know. But it wasn't this, it wasn't like what we have today. Uh, So it just always, I just, I literally thought it was, uh, I dismissed it when I would hear uh, William Cooper on his radio show talking about the upcoming Civil War, because he was talking about, like, it's right now, it's, it's going to be here, like it could happen next week. And everybody was, like, peaceful at that time, you know what I mean? This was even before 9-11, and during 9-11, we all came together as one nation, left and right. Uh, we were Americans before we were Democrats and before we were Republicans or Libertarians or anything. We were all just Americans. We all came together, uh, you know, because we were attacked as one. But uh, you know, I just never saw it. I never saw this Civil War that William Cooper was talking about. But the main thing that really made me uh, stand up and take notice of William Cooper and stop dismissing everything that I had read that he had written—he ended up predicting nine eleven. I ended up listening to his radio show that was about 2 weeks before 9/11 because I used to drive across country and I would listen to his uh, I would listen to his radio show if I as, anywhere I could pick it up if I was driving where I could get his radio show. I can't even remember what it was on. It was at like 5:70 a.m. or I can't even remember. And then he had a short wave radio station that you could get I think on the CB. I can't remember, but um, I think I can't remember how I got it, but I would listen to it. And I remember his 9-11, he was, he was rant. He would do a lot like I do, but he would just start ranting about things. And you just kind of listen to what, you know, and sometimes you didn't even know what he was talking about. And I remember his 9-11, he was talking about, he was talking about Osama bin Laden. uh, And that he goes, watch out for a big event. You have to watch out for a big event. And, uh, and they're going to, and the government is going to blame it on Osama bin Laden. Uh, So when it happens here, and he goes in the next, you know, whenever it happens, it could be tomorrow, it could be later on, uh, you know, it's going to happen. And I didn't even never even had heard of Osama bin Laden. Now, granted, the World Trade Center in New York had already been hit in 93. That's when the bomb, the van bomb went off in the basement of the, or the underground parking garage in the World Trade Center. But I don't remember Osama bin Laden's name ever coming up at that time. But the first time I ever heard the, the, the name of Osama bin Laden was from Bill Cooper when he was talking about Osama bin Laden and this big event that was going to happen. He goes, keep an eye out. It's going to happen. They're going to do it. And they're going to blame it on Osama bin Laden. And I was like, nah, what is he talking about? You know, it doesn't even make sense. And then I, it was either two months or two weeks, uh, two months or two weeks. Uh, the planes fly into the world trade center and who do they blame? Who do they blame? Osama bin Laden. So when that happened, that's why I got, I went full motherfucking to the bottom of the ocean on that one. When it came to the conspiracy of it being an inside job, it being everything because, uh, Bill Cooper talking about it. And I was like, what? Uh, it just uh, didn't make all that much sense to me. And then you looked at building seven that fell down, that they just, miraculously fell down by itself it wasn't even hit by planes but it imploded like a day after the world the other the north and the south tower fell all of a sudden building seven fell well building seven uh was like there was a cia headquarters there was like a bunch of government documents in that building that they needed to destroy and there was no way for them to legitimately destroy them but with building seven just you know miraculously falling down, destroying all of that stuff, you know, it all worked out great for them because they didn't know how to get rid of it. Uh, Volcano, what is it? Volcanic temper. Hey, what's going on, brother? uh, A lot of stuff is in your face nowadays. Exactly. I agree with that. So anyway, uh, that was the first time I ever really heard of Osama bin Laden. And then the other thing William Cooper did, Bill Cooper, is he predicted. There's an old CNN interview uh, that, you know, when CNN looked like it was, you know, like it looked like a, a uh, it looked like an amateur YouTube channel back when CNN. This is how old that interview is but the CNN interview was asking interviewer was asking bill if he was scared and if he was releasing all of this secret top secret information about the government because bill actually worked in the government he had actually been like a uh, a navy a navy special intelligence officer i think and he was in charge of handling special intelligence for the navy aboard a ship and some other places so he had top he it's not like he was just some joe blow off the street like alex jones no he actually had secret military clearance and just you know and stuff like that uh that's you know so when alex jones showed up on the scene after uh or you know he cuz alex jones was on the the he was on the scene the same time as bill cooper bill cooper started and then all of a sudden here comes this little new guy alex jones You're like, who the fuck is this guy uh he and he alex jones for me was the generic bill cooper i didn't give a shit about alex jones because i was listening to bill cooper i was like shut up alex uh and then alex and bill actually started uh they actually started feuding because bill cooper was telling us all that alex jones was a freaking charlatan and he was an idiot and uh but bill during that cnn interview He predicted his own death. He said, you know, they're probably going to get me because the government's probably going to get me at some point. And guess how Bill died? Uh, The government issued a warrant for him because for just some bullshit. And so they issued a warrant for him. He lived in uh, Arizona or Colorado or somewhere kind of in a rural area. And oh, I remember what it was. So Somebody pulled onto a road that was right down from Bill's house, Bill Cooper's house, and Bill thought that they were somebody out there spying on him. So Bill took a gun down there to go see what they were doing, and it scared the people, and they took off, and Bill chased them all the way to their house. And that person called the cops. So the cops issued a warrant for Bill for, I don't know, intimidation or whatever the hell it was. I don't know what the charge was. So Bill had this warrant out there, and so the cops decided, or the government basically is what it was. I think it ended up being uh, government agents that actually went out there. They decided to be able to get Bill. The way they would get him is they would do the same thing. They would drive up there and pretend to be like loud teenagers. So they they pulled up in a car with a loud stereo blaring uh, to to draw bill out of his house to get him to come down there and complain and tell him to turn the radio down so and sure enough bill got in his truck his pickup and come out there but as bill got there he realized that everything wasn't what it seemed so before he got to them he flipped the bitch and took off back home hauled ass and pulled into his driveway started through his door and they come out of the truck and there's some the government says that that he shot first there's others that say the government shot first but long story short bill shot one of the agents in the head and killed him one of the law enforcement agents in the head and killed him and they shot bill 11 times and he died on his front porch so he predicted his own death and he predicted it would come by the hand of the government uh but anyway, let's see if I can uh, – I wanted to see it because I can do a screen share with you guys if you want to hold on a second. I'm going to see uh, – I wanted to see if this is still on uh, YouTube because, I mean, all of this stuff has gotten scrubbed by YouTube now. Anything with any kind of conspiracy conspiracy theory. Uh, but used to, you could type in William Cooper predicts 9-11, and you could actually hear his radio excerpt from uh, – him talking about it and it wasn't very long oh here we go here we go it's still here okay 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 let me see uh let me see if i can share this with you guys give me a sec here to screen share and we want to do it with audio bam share okay got it so let's see how long this is 319. We are being censored. America's news outlets. Ah, no God damn, flyers. we sure are, buddy.
0: I'm Joshua that was Phillips, the Epic Times. senior investigative reporter with the Epoch Times.
1: Epoch Times.
0: Can you believe what you have been seeing on CNN today, ladies and gentlemen? Can you believe it? June twenty-eight,
1: two thousand and one, guys.
0: Uh, supposedly, can you a hear it? CNN reporter found Osama bin Laden took a television camera crew with him went into Osama bin Laden's hideout, interviewed him and his top leadership, his top lieutenants and colonels and generals in their hideout. This is a CNN reporter with a camera crew. And he came out and told everybody, within three weeks, Osama bin Laden is going to attack the United States and Israel. Now, don't you think that's kind of strange, folks? You see, because the largest intelligence apparatus in the world, with the biggest budget in the history of the world, has been looking for Osama bin Laden for years and years and years and can't find him. The FBI also, under the leadership of Louis Free, has been looking for Osama bin Laden for years and years and years and years and years and many years and can't find him. Some doofus jerk-off reporter with a camera crew bosses right into his hideout and interviews him. And you know what his budget is? <laughs> Zip, zilch, nothing. Now, that tells us two things. Either everyone in the intelligence community and all of the intelligence agencies of the United States government are blithering idiots and incompetent fools, including the entire apparatus of the FBI and all of their personnel, or they're lying to us. They're not looking for him at all. And the second is the truth. You see, the CIA created Osama bin Laden. They recruited him. They trained him. They found his leadership. They brought them all together. They showed him them how to fight the Soviet Union in Afghanistan, and when that was over, they still continued to fund him and train him, and they're now using him to help bring about world government by making him the big boogeyman because they can't use Saddam Hussein anymore because they needed a new boogeyman. A reporter from CNN and his little camera crew got in to Osama bin Laden's secret hideout and conducted an interview. If you don't believe me, tune into CNN. They're probably running it right now as I'm speaking. And if you believe it, you are one of the stupidest jerks that ever lived on the face of this earth. And whatever is going to happen that they're going to blame on Osama bin Laden, don't you even believe it.
1: That was June 28, 2001. Four months later, you had nine eleven. <clears throat> so, uh, that was one of the things that really struck me because, uh, Bill had such a great point there. Cause I'd remember seeing, uh, them talking to Osama bin Laden in this freaking, you know, they found him in a goddamn cave in Afghanistan. How, how did they find him in his cave? we have been looking for him for years. He had been, uh, evidently, but I, uh, yeah, I, I would uh, I actually, I said that the first time I'd heard of Osama was with Bill, but no, I did hear about it because I'd heard the, the I'd heard the stirring on CNN because they were talking about, they had this expose with Osama bin Laden and I didn't know who that was. I don't think any Americans knew who that was at the time. So a lot of, you know, because we didn't have the internet, the internet wasn't what it is now. I mean, you didn't really have big search engines like Google and stuff like that, like we, back in those days. So you would hear the news talking about the IRA and, you know, uh, you know, th- going on in Ireland and you'd hear them talking about all this stuff. And you just kind of you would listen to it and kind of tune it out because you didn't know really know who who or what they were talking about. Uh, but that's why I liked listening to Bill, because he was tuned into this stuff and he actually knew what it was. Anyway, guys, we already hit an hour, but I did want to say uh, really quick. Uh, so any, I forgot to make my point on uh, Obama, too. So anyway, they whisk Obama off. Hillary whisked him off to the Bilderberg group meeting. And once Obama left that Bilderberg group meeting, he never seemed That, you know, that, that giddy child excitement he kind of had that you could just kind of see in his eyes that he knew because he was a young guy too, back in those days. And he just had this little giddy, giddiness about him, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to be president. You know what I mean? Once you saw him after he came out of that Bilderberg group meeting, he never had that same look on his face. He never had that excitement or that he just kind of was like, so it always made me wonder, uh, It always made me wonder when Hillary Clinton whisked Obama off to that Bilderberg group meeting, what exactly did they tell him? It sure makes me wonder what they, uh, what they told him. And I've always just, uh, kind of had the feeling that they told him they, they gave it to him. You know, they're like, Hey, you're going to be president, but you know, you're basically just a little poster child for what, you know, to keep to keep the masses at peace and to be a distraction because we really run shit uh the nwo the the council on foreign relations the ca this council on foreign cfr the bilderbergs uh the rothschilds all you know all of the the rockefellers that whole nwo bullshit soros all of them now bill gates they're all in there together birds of a feather flock together. And uh, I think they just basically laid it out for Obama that, you know, even though you're president, things kind of work this way. And I think it was a big, 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 dis- big, big disappointment for him. And he never seemed like his heart was in it after that. Uh, you know, I mean, he seemed like he really wanted to do something. And then all of a sudden, after that meeting with Hillary at the Bilderberg group, he just didn't, you know, he was like... He just didn't have that. You'd never seen that same passion out of him about uh, over anything. He just basically, you know, spoke very calm and just, you know, very, uh, you know. But, but if you can find it, I'm not going to look it up. But if you can find them uh, where Hillary uh, rushes, uh, well, you know, hey, what? Actually, let's look if see if it's here. We got a second. I don't know if you could fi- if I could find that anymore. Uh, let's see. What would we search? Let's see. Let me think. Let me uh, split my screen here. I think uh, we will search. uh, If I can find the right screen. There we go. I think we will search. Let's search. uh, Obama leaves press pull stuck on plane. Now, this happened years ago, so let's see if it comes up. Video emerges showing Obama f- flaunting elect correct now. Nah, that's not it. Let's see. Video of Obama leaves press bull stuck on plane. Obama boots reporter. Hmm. Yeah, see. Used to it would come right up, but it's been so long now uh goes to bill i can't remember what it's called Bilderberg meeting with hillary i should put Killary, right? hillary right oh there we go Bilderberg power masters Hillary and Obama in secret Bilderberg rendezvous. Live leak, baby. Well, that's not it. It's supposed to. Oh, it says thread not found. Huh? How about that? Thread not found. Okay, here we go. CNN behind the scenes. Obama press hijacked during Clinton if this is it. On CNN actually. So the press were pissed. You can imagine they were hot because they got locked in the plane and Hillary and Obama go rushing off in the freaking limo. And the press were mad, mad, mad. And nobody knew where they went. Oh, look. The page won't come up. How about that? Obama and the Bilderberg There we go. Hillary and Obama in the secret Bilderberg rendezvous. According to news reports, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton went out of their way to hold their long-awaited private meeting in a very specific location, not at Hillary's mansion in Washington, but in Northern Virginia, which also just happens to be the scene of the 2008 Bilderberg meeting. Obama's spokesperson, Robert Gibbs, told the media that Obama and Clinton held a private meeting last night, but he refused to disclose where it it had taken place, except that it was not a Clinton's home in Washington, as had been widely reported. Hillary, campaign manager, I don't know if that's the one I'm talking about. The one I'm talking about is when Obama was still on the campaign trail, and they locked the press pool in the freaking plane and Hillary whisk Obama off to a built the Bilderberg meeting our new master Obama our new master Bilderberg Obama yeah so anyway you can got it you kind of get an idea you guys got to do your own research I can't do it all for you I'm giving you I'm giving you the nuggets And you'll have to uh, you'll have to check it yourself. So here's one though: answers. See if this will come up. Has Barack Obama ever attended a Bilderberg meeting? And there's no answer. That was pretty anticlimactic. But anyway, uh, if you look hard enough, you'll be able to find it. It's still got to be out there. Even though they suppress this stuff now, uh, uh, it's still out there. You just got to dig for it. But everybody should because it's very interesting. uh, There's an article out there that I read, and it's a very interesting article uh, about it. And that's how I actually found out about it. And then there was actually video, some video of... uh, the press pool getting stuck in the plane and then they did some interviews going, yeah, we couldn't believe that he, that they locked us in the plane. And then you see Obama like all giddy when he's at the rally and then Hillary took him to the Bilderberg meeting and then he comes back and he just looked very quaint and kind of sad. And I always wondered like, what did they tell him? I mean, he just came off the campaign stage and he was, you know, pumped. He was stoked. And then when he came back, you know, he's like, you know, he's like, oh man, so I always just wondered like what was said in that Bilderberg meeting. Okay, Joe. Uh, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for stopping in, man. Anyway, we're going to wrap this one up. We're 10 minutes past. Uh, volcano temper. COVID story is full of holes like the Holy Spirit. So before we before I do jump off, thank you uh, so much, uh, volcano, volcanic temper. I wanted to say really quick uh i got thrown off facebook this may get me thrown off youtube but um for for almost four years we had to listen to the left harp do do bogus investigations about the bogus uh trump russia collusion that we found out that was actually a conspiratorial thing with obama clinton uh fake uh fake information to pull fisa warrants the fbi it was all a cabal of the of of conspiracy bullshit and for three and a half years there's actually a thing that came out now that said the fbi actually had uh they had actually knew at some point that there was no collusion and that it was a bogus story but they kept running and pushing it anyway even though they had information uh that let them know that there was nothing there they still kept pushing it they kept pushing it in the media, and they kept they kept talking to it about the media, even though they knew that nothing was there. It doesn't get any slimier than that. It really, doesn't get any slimier than that. But you'll still have leftists because you know they're brainwashed by CNN. You'll still have leftists talking about uh, you know the Trump Russian collusion that they tried to steal their election. So we listened to them bitch and moan and complain for three and a half years about Trump trying you know stealing the election from Hillary. There was no COVID. There was no all of these mail-in ballots. So I'm to the point now to where I don't know how it came out of China, but I would not be surprised if it came out of the Democrats' lap COVID, this C-19 that we're talking about. I would not be surprised if, because they needed something. They needed an ace in the hole because they were going to get trumped in this election and they needed it. They, I mean, uh, they knew it. Uh, with COVID, though, you know, it gave them a chance because then they could push for all these mail-in ballots. And that's exactly what they did. And mail-in ballots can be manipulated. So it does not surprise me one bit. And uh Random Nomad just put the he put the name out there and I agree with you, random nomad. I agree with you hundred percent. Let's see, Joe P. What did you say, Joe? Uh, Joe P says random nomad, the Rothschilds are just the bunk- banker, Bilderbergs are just the board of directors, Soros is just chairman. Yep, but they're all they're, they that that's all one big conglomerate. You know, think about this. Uh, You know, this is not conspiracy theory. You can look this up on the Internet as well. Bill Gates. Well, at first it was David Rockefeller. But anyway, the world elites, you know, who I call the NWO, they have been uh, or anybody that pushes for the New World Order. Uh, I mean, you have George Bush. You guys all know what the NWO, when I say the NWO, you guys all know what that stands for, right? Uh, let's go back. Uh, there's a, there's a speech of George Bush senior uh, talking about the new world order. Oh, damn. Uh, have you, have any of you guys seen the speech? There's also a video of uh, uh, it's six minutes long. We're not going to do it. There's also a video of Henry Kissinger talking about the New World Order. So, um, I mean, it's a real thing. It's not some. It's not something that's a conspiracy theory, which uh, people on the left will try to uh, brand you with uh, if you talk about the NWO. A lot of politicians have already talked about it. So, all of those elitist. The billionaires these days, they're all in cahoots together. They're all in in it together. They always have been, but we just didn't know it. But now people are waking up and people actually know it and they see it. Uh, They actually know what's going on. It's just a lot of people on the left are just stuck in their little, uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows and kind of keeping their head in the sand and don't actually see the force for the trees of what's really going on and how they're being manipulated and uh how are they being manipulated? Obama dropped over 26,000 bombs in 2016 his last year in office, but he also won the Nobel Peace Prize. So how do you murder thousands of women and children in Syria and cause an international refugee crisis and still get awarded uh the Nobel Peace Prize? How does that work exactly? And then Trump is, you know, dropped like 50 like 58 Tomahawk missiles on key targets. And he's Hitler. You know what I mean? To the left. To the leftist. He's Hitler. Doesn't even make sense. The Vatican, all roads lead to Rome. Yep. That's true, too. That's what they say. You know, even the, even the, uh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's all. We'll get, we'll get into it again some other time. Uh, I could talk about this for hours. Uh, if you don't know, uh, so I wanted to say really quick, if you guys watch my Instagram stories, if you haven't followed me on Instagram, it's Rav Holly, just R A V H O L L Y on Instagram. So check out my Instagram stories, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, but at the end of my Instagram stories today, I did some matrix references and, uh, and some quotes from the matrix. And then one, I posted a, a link to the video from the very ending of the matrix now, I love The Matrix. There's a meme out there that says, What if I told you that The Matrix was a documentary instead of a science fiction movie, kind of thing? And then there's the, the red pill that's on my Instagram. Here, you take the blue pill, you wake up and just go about your business and pretend everything's what you know, or you, what things are whatever you want them to be. But if you take the red pill, I'll take you'll stay in Wonderland and I'll take you further down the rabbit hole. And 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 you know, show you what what things are really about. So I posted that on Instagram. Then I also posted the very end scene of The Matrix. So actually, no, because uh, it's got music in there; it's I would get a copyright strike. But anyway, uh, if you watch the end scene of what he says in his dialogue, there are NWO. Now I am saying NWO instead of Illuminati. You know, the 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 crazy I word there's in that, uh, lots of NWO reference in there when he's talking about I will show you uh, a world with no borders I'll show you a world with no rules no borders when they're talking about no borders that's NWO uh, that's NWO that's what they're that's what they're pushing for is no borders uh, all one world government all one world. Uh, so that's in the matrix. And that scene, in that last scene, those last scenes of the matrix, when she's taking him up, or not the last scene, in that scene when they're taking him or the t- when she's taking him up to uh meet Morpheus, where Morpheus shows him the two pills, the red pill and the blue pill, when they're going up that staircase, that staircase is a checkered staircase. If you know anything about the big eye uh, and the, the Freemasons and all of them, they're very into their checkered floors. So anytime you see that in a movie, you go, huh? So I never even knew anything about looking for symbolism in the matrix until, uh, you know, I learned about the checkered floor and then I, you know, I, so I always look for a checkered floor in any music video, uh, or the one eye. Uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff I look for in music videos and stuff. So it's in the matrix. So when I put that on the end of my page, I wondered if anybody would realize that. And uh, nobody said anything about it. I was I meant to ask it as a question. Do you see anything wrong? Is there anything being said wrong in this? Because uh, there's NWO propaganda in the end of the matrix when he's talking about open borders. Anyway, guys, uh, we will see you guys back here Friday. Uh, seven Pacific standard time. I'm trying to make some moves. Uh, don't know how that's going to work right now. Just letting you guys know that, uh, if I'm not here, it's cause I'm actually doing some other things right now as well, but I'll try to be back here, uh, Friday at seven. And that's going to uh, do it for this episode of the American Nomad Podcast. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, Be sure to check out my Instagram stories. It's going off.
0: Thank you for listening to the American Nomad Podcast. Until next time, keep looking up because that's where it all is.